Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the first sermon in our church's Your Path to Purpose series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship. Well, my name is Chris Stallings. It's my privilege to get to be pastor here at Leeds First Methodist Church. We begin a new series today entitled Your Path to Purpose. It's rare to accomplish your purpose if you just kind of wander aimlessly, right? Anybody ever got somewhere just without a plan, without any um, direction in your life? But if you know your purpose and if you make a plan, you've got an increased chance of getting there. And that's true for your life. It's true for the church and for followers of Jesus. And so our purpose as the church is creating paths for more people to know and to grow like Jesus. And we do that through worshiping, through growing through serving, and through reaching. And so this series that we'll go through in the month of August will help us recall or be introduced to that purpose and then take the pass or take the on-ramp to the pass that will help us to become more and more like Jesus. We've got a key verse that will guide us through this series, and it comes from Ephesians 4, 13. And it reads, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, to be like Christ. That's the goal of all who follow Jesus. Today we begin the series, Your Path to Purpose, Worship, Worship. Well, how many days till school starts? Anybody? We got a couple of people, three. It's almost here. Is that meaningful for anybody in the room? Any teachers? Teachers? Woo, teachers. Any students? Few students. Any parents ready to get? Yeah! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Poor teachers. All right. Three days. Well, if that's not all that exciting to you, I heard some woo-woos from the parents, but not teachers or students. There's another thing that's forthcoming. Anybody know how many weeks until high school football kicks off? Ha-ha! <laughs> right? It's not long. Three weeks. Any college football fans in the house? How many weeks till that? Yeah? How many weeks till that? Or maybe less for some of the midweek games, right? Well, it's exciting to anticipate something like that. School, maybe, maybe not, but the, yeah, the football, I think, is exciting. I saw yesterday, I don't know if they had it, but it was scheduled. Alabama was scheduled to have their fan day for 2023. Auburn's is next week. I remember when I was growing up in middle school, my parents took me to the fan day, and it was overwhelming with excitement. Right, to get out on the real field where they played football, to see the players come out in their uniforms, to see all the 
the schedules that you got to sign and take it with you. It's just it built up the anticipation, and we knew what was coming up. They left, you left with a schedule poster and they, all the signatures, so you were excited. I was about ready to explode with excitement, even though it was a few weeks away. Well, when I started college, they had turned that or something like it into a two- or three-day event to get you ready for college. At Auburn, they called it Camp War Eagle. I'm sure Alabama and other places have something like it. You go as an incoming student, and they start teaching you the traditions of the athletic thing. Like, you do this, or you do that. I don't know, right? And so you know what to do when you go to the game. They also teach a little bit about school because you're there for more than just that. You go in and you, you learn about where your classes are going to be. You learn about where you can park and where they'll tow you if you park. Anybody remember those days, right? And then they teach you a little bit about how to register for classes, where to eat, and all that kind of stuff. And you left that, or I left that, just, just excited knowing where we were going and what my part of that was going to be. Well, after we've been a part of church for a while, we can forget there's ever a time when we didn't know the ropes, right? They had a new or a freshman orientation at the high school this week to show the ropes. They have Camp War Eagle or Camp Roll Tide or whatever to incoming folks. Well, whenever we've been a part of the church, we forget that you come in for the first time and you're like, I'm not sure where do you park. Where's the worship place? Where's the kids' class? Where's the coffee or the creamer, you know, or the bathrooms? And little stuff like that can be intimidating, but also, like, what is the church about? What are we here to do? And even more importantly, what's my role in that? And so a church benefits from having a clarity about what its purpose is, having a way for folks that come in to be a part of that purpose. And so our purpose of creating paths for more people to know and grow like Jesus through worshiping, growing, serving, and reaching is giving that clarity to say, here's what we're about, to help make you like Jesus when you follow him. Be a part of a worship service. Be a part of a grow group. Be a part of a serve team. Be a part of reaching out to others. And so this series, we're going to look at that each week and provide an on-ramp or a way for you to jump in and be a part of that. If you've been a part of it for a while, to keep being a part of it or to jump in if you haven't been. So today about worship, we're going to look at the Bible and the book of Psalms. So if you got your Bible, I invite you to take it out or to turn it on. Psalms 145 is the chapter we're going to look at. Psalms is in the Old Testament, and it was kind of like the original book of worship or the original hymn or the original praise band worship guide, right? It was what was compiled over a number of centuries that were songs or ways of leading folks to worship God. There are different types of psalms. There are psalms that help us deal or express sadness. Psalms of celebration. Psalms that help us worship as a group or psalms that help us worship as an individual. Psalms of thanksgiving or gratitude and of praise. Psalm 145 is specifically attributed as a psalm of praise by King David of Israel. It was especially used... After the Israelites had been exiled, they had lost their country, they had lost their leaders, and it was a, when they weren't enamored with an earthly leader, they rediscovered the providence or the sovereignty 
of God. And this psalm guided that. It concludes what scholars call the book five of the psalms. And it's a kind of climactic praise psalm. In its original Hebrew, which the Old Testament was mostly written in Hebrew, it was an acrostic poem. So acrostic is like ABC, each letter of a line, or each line was started with a new letter. The Hebrew Aleph, Beit, all the way through Tav, or beginning to end. In a poetic symbolism, it showed the fullness of God covering everything from creation till now, the A to Z. Let's read now a part of Psalm 145. I'm going to begin reading in verse 8. Read verse 8 and 9, and then we'll skip down to verse 14. We try to follow along in reading the New Living Translation, or NLT. Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and compassionate slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. Down to verse 14, the Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. Eyes of all look to you, talking to God, in hope, and you give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call upon him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and he rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him. But he destroys the wicked. Verse 21, I will praise the Lord, and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Well, verse 21 is the culmination of this psalm of praise, because as the psalmist says, of all the Lord is and all he has done, I will Praise him, and it will become my desire of my heart that not only I praise him, but everyone praise the Lord. In fact, that's the mission of the church as we exist today is to expand the number of people that are calling on the name of Jesus and are praising the Lord. Our core function, as the psalmist writes, may everyone on earth bless his holy name. Then verse 21 follows as a logical conclusion or a relationship with verse 20. Where the Lord protects those who love him. And in a contrasting consequence, the Lord ultimately destroys those who are wicked. You see, there's a good consequence and a bad consequence. In his commentary, The Message of the Psalms by Walter Brueggemann. He writes, Psalms 145 celebrates the order of God's creation, which not only governs, but surprises and inverts and gives unwarranted gifts to unlikely creatures. God's regal power is mobilized to care for the otherwise uncared 
for. In other words, God's relationship, God's favor is not only for those who are rich or powerful or somehow seem like they have it all together. It's for you and me, (laughs) right? It's for everyone. Relationship with God and his ultimate eternal protection is for those who simply love him or who have a relationship with him through Jesus. The psalm then is therefore a guide to those who follow Jesus to worship God. So let's look at this passage with more depth as to how we might know and apply our worship of God. If you've got a worship bulletin, I invite you to take it out or open the link when you texted the word here to the online guide. A place for you to take notes and follow along with this that might be helpful to you as you apply it to your life. Number one, worship to be close to God. Worship to be close to God. Psalm 145, 18, the first part says, The Lord is close to all who call on Him. The Lord is close to all who call on Him. This week was a week of um, medical stuff in our house. (laughs) You might have seen my daughter was up here, had a walking boot. She had a surgery on her ankle to clean up some accumulation of stuff from previous injuries. I... You may have noticed for the last three or four months, can't hear you. <laughs> Some be like, hey, pastor, I said hey to you in Walmart. And I was like, I don't know. I couldn't hear. Well, I we went in and had a minor procedure. It helped some. I don't know if it fixes it. But I could hear again at least for a few days. And I came home, and when I had dinner with my family, I jokingly said, so what have y'all been up to the last two months? <laughs> right? It's like, I hadn't heard anything. You've just been talking. I don't know. Right? It's something to be heard. Right? To have somebody listen and understand and and communicate and have a relationship. In fact, I would say I have felt the most distant from my family and from you all and people in general the last couple of months because I couldn't hear. But whenever we can communicate, we can speak and be heard we can have relationship in fact it's the path to a complete relationship that's what the psalmist is saying here the lord wants to be close to you and to be close to you he will be when you simply call for him he will hear you and he will be near to you that's the logical function of this verse call on god and he will be close to you, and that's a promise. There's no hearing issues with God. When you call for God, God is going to hear you. Worship is a general description for our calling on God, our communicating to God. We do that through praise, songs, and music. We do that through prayer where we reveal our hearts to God. We do that through intentionally gathering with others. To celebrate God's proper place way up over everything and our place way down low needing everything from God. We say, God, I got nothing without you. With you, I got everything. And we do that intentionally when we worship. This includes biblical 
preaching, inspiring music, prayer, giving, and the sacraments of baptism and holy communion. We do this as a way to call out and be heard by God. He will draw near to us. Number one, worship to be close to God. Number two, worship to affirm God's truth. Worship to affirm God's truth. The second part of verse 18 goes on to say, you'll be close to those, yes, to all who call on him in truth. So there's a second logical condition for this verse to be true, to call on God and to call on God in truth. We can't just make up false pretenses and call out God and say, you know, like, God, go smite my next door neighbor that's burning, you know, incense the wrong, anyway, I don't know, right? You have to call on God in truth. We endeavor to do that each Sunday in church by starting with Scripture and proclaiming its truth and how it intersects our lives. That's an example that the people who follow God have done since the very beginning. If you read through the Old Testament, New Testament, so much of it is filled with examples of people saying, look what God did. Do you not see what God did? <laughs> right? So you know the story of the Israelites who were held captive in Egypt? Y'all remember Charlton Heston? Y'all remember that movie? Like Moses? So that's how long that story has gone from centuries and millennia ago. God rescued the Israelites from captivity being enslaved in Egypt. What did he do? Let them out. What did he do? Y'all know this? Parted the Red Sea. So they crossed over on dry land. They got to the other side. What God did? Flooded it so the people chasing them couldn't get to them. Right? That's the beginning of where people would tell the stories of what God did and said, if he did it, then he can do it again. Right? And so throughout Scripture, we say, God did it. Worship him. God did it. Worship him. God did it. Let's worship him. We see truth after truth and story of worship after worship. We do that even today. We celebrate the work of God doing in the lives of people that are being saved and being made part of this church. We claim the truth of God and then we worship him. I've talked with a number of church members, some that have gone on some that are here or will be here in our services today. Some of them have said, Pastor, there's been times when it's been really hard to, to get up and come to church. Anybody want to acknowledge that? <laughs> right? One, because it's tired or sleep or whatever. But other times they're like, it's been really hard. I didn't know if I could even claim God's goodness because of all I was going through. It hurt. I had cancer. I just lost my spouse. And I didn't know what I could say good about God or anything, but I came to church anyway. And I heard the truth of God proclaimed. In my heart, I just said, amen. That's the truth. Whenever you Feel like church the least 
It's when you need church the most. Because it's in those moments you need to hear the witnesses of others. You need to hear the truth proclaimed. And you need to, in your heart, say, I can't feel it right now, but I know it's true. God is good. In worship, we gather to affirm God's truth. Number three. Worship as ones saved by God. Worship as ones saved by God. Verse 19 says, He grants the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cries for help, and He rescues them. In a spiritual sense, that's the very heart of worship. We're crying out with gratitude saying thank you for saving me it's important to be thankful when god provides food for our family to eat we pray with gratitude it's important to to recognize god's healing work whenever we overcome injury or disease it's important when god's provided a job whenever you didn't have money or food but on a whole another level be forgiven our sin and its eternal consequences, which is hell. That's what we praise God at every single day. That's the promise God has said. If you call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved. I hope There'll be hundreds or thousands of people that are not yet followers of Jesus who will come to our church and hear the gospel and be transformed. This is a place and a safe place for you to discover the truth of Jesus and grow to a profession of faith in Him. But if you've called on the name of Jesus, if you are saved, worship is not optional. Right? It's your response to Jesus. What he's done for you is to praise him. It's what we say to be saved and make him Lord of your life, to follow him and proclaim his goodness. And so we gather those who follow Jesus with regularity, with consistency, to praise the name of Jesus. And so today, our on ramp, you've been hearing about our on ramps, maybe. Each week, there'll be a a way for you to take the on-ramp to that path of worship, grow, serve, reach. And today's on-ramp is a simple spiritual survey. I'm going to invite you to take out your phone. Everybody, take out your phone. This is optional. If you don't feel like doing it, I'm not making you do it. I'd love for everybody to do it, though. And we're going to invite you to text a single letter to our text number. Got your phones out. Here's the first option. Text A to our text number, 205-772-4906. It's on the screen. If you can say, I have repented of my sin. I believe in the resurrection of Jesus and confess my faith in him. I am saved. If that's you, text A. There's some other options. If you're not sure, we'll review them in a minute. Text A. To 205 Next option, B. 
I've thought about following Jesus. I'm still deciding. I'm taking some time to decide. It's okay. This is a safe place. In fact, there's no place I'd rather somebody that's not yet following Jesus be than right here. So you can know and understand and be invited to follow him. B, I've thought about following Jesus, but I'm taking more time to decide. C, anybody ever just fill out C for all your answers? (laughs) You do that here, but beware, it's going to get you a call from the pastor. No, this is a fun thing. It's a a hope. Um, If you've got questions, even if you'd say A and want to talk, text C. But if you've got questions about what it means to follow Jesus, to worship, whatever, text C. We'll follow up. We'll have coffee, have a meal, meet my office, talk on the phone. C, I've got questions. Can we talk? D. I'm not a Christian, and I choose not to be one. That's a truth. That's a reality for some. It may be yours. If it is, I invite you to text D or number. I won't double down, put the hard sell on you. But I want you to know or to know where you're at. So you know where you're going. So look at our answers again. A, B, C. I think there's a summary slide. A, saved. B, thinking about it. C, I have questions. I want to call. D, I'm not a Christian. 205-772. Leave that up for just a minute. I want to get everybody a chance. If you don't have a phone, don't want to do it that way, or would rather do paper, as we come for communion, stop at the, black, at the blue table at the back. There's a paper form. Grab a pen. Drop it in my box. You can fold it if you don't want anybody to see what you wrote. But if you'd like it to be who know who you are, put your name and a way I can contact you on there. There's paper copies at the back. I'm going to give you 10 more seconds, and we're going to pray and have communion. Dear God, thank you so much for your kindness, for your love, for your provision from creation till now. You loved us, every one of us, before we ever were existed in the physical sense, before we knew we'd sinned, before we knew we were lost. You loved us. God, you've been pouring out, demonstrating that love. Your character is love, and you've been pouring it out for decades, centuries, millennia. God, we thank you for that. We pray that you would help us. For those that are following Jesus, draw close to you in worship, even if we're not yet followers of Jesus, to be closer to you, to this place, to this experience. God, I pray that you would help us to know your truth and proclaim it and to exclaim it, even when we don't feel like it, if we've had the worst. God, you are true in your life. God, help us follow Jesus. Help us to journey through our questions if we have them. We are on the path of worshiping you.
In Jesus' holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again, and God bless.